You are listening to SITREP Podcast Interviews. Today's show is Michael Rafferty from Adepticon Historicals. Sit back, grab your cup, and let's hit it. Good morning and welcome to the SITREP Podcast. I'm your solo host this morning, uh, Marty, and uh, we are joined by a special guest. Uh, joining us today is Mr. Michael Rafferty. And he is the uh, historical coordinator slash guru slash czar for uh, Adepticon Historical. So good morning, Michael. Good morning, Marty. Happy to be here. And thank you for using my correct title of czar. I, I, I was, was going to say, I'm, I'm not sure if I hit all your titles because uh, you, you show up on the Adepticon staff list like six times. So <laughs> looks like you wear a bunch of hats. Um. Yeah, especially, you know, obviously Adepticon, we're not a huge organization, so everyone does wear a lot of hats, and I've been steadily leaving some of them behind, like I'm not really working with prize support anymore, but, you know, it's, it's we all wear a lot of different hats, we try to help out where we can. Sure, sure, so that that's kind of funny, because, uh, you know, I think of, uh, well, all right, full disclosure, Adepticon 2019 was my first time ever going to Adepticon. Uh, I'm also fairly, uh, that's what got me into the hobby. Okay. So, so I, I'm, I'm very much a, a rookie and uh, new to a lot of this. And apparently it was the perfect time to get into it because, you know, between 2020 uh, and 2021, I got a <laughs> lot of hobby in it. I didn't get a lot of game playing in, but I got a lot of hobby in it. <laughs> oh, me too. I, I'm not even sure how many vehicles I've painted at this point for like Flames of War or anything else, but... <laughs> It's a lot. Yeah, I got to uh, I got to build up build a bunch of terrain, uh, uh, establish my uh, my collection of, of models. So you know, I, I guess and it was kind of the perfect storm to get started. It, like I said, except for the whole game playing thing, because right, yeah, that was a that was a bit of a challenge. But it's kind of funny that you said that uh, you know Adepticon doesn't have a huge staff because I, you know. I look, I look back at uh, that event and everything that's going on, and I'm like, it's got to be a cast of millions to to run that thing, you know. So uh, to to hear that, you know, it's not a large group. I'm like, woo, <laughs> you guys got to be working hard. It it is, and you know, obviously we have a lot of volunteers that pop up. Like, you know, if you ever get a chance trying to watch the swag bag production, it's it's an assembly line that Henry Ford would be proud of. <laughs> yeah i can imagine well and and those swag bags can be extensive absolutely it's i my friend greg he runs all that he's sort of the adepticon operations guru and i want to say you know there could be 20 30 40 items in there just yeah, sort and, of depends and i mean and full-on games i mean you guys Mm -hmm. uh what was it you gave out the the starter set for uh a song of ice and fire uh i think invasion seven it was it a couple years ago yeah the sector seven game um yeah we did song of ice and fire one year there was star trek ascendancy i think that was a vig oh i was gonna say isn't that like a two foot long box that's huge oh yeah oh man the um the the shipping for that one was I can imagine. So, so I'm, I'm just thinking if I was a dude that, that had to fly in and I went home with that, I, I would probably be stopping at the FedEx store and mailing that home. 
you know, and that's a common thing. We we do actually recommend to people, hey, maybe shipping is a good idea, or you'll find a buddy that's driving and give it to them. Yeah, right. Because that's that that's a that 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 by itself is a pretty large item, and that's one item in that bag of thirty or forty things. Yeah. Awesome. It's awesome. We do a lot there. We try to make uh. Yeah, we want to make it worthwhile to the attendees. Sure. So, uh, uh, any any preview on what we might see in this year's swag bag? Well, so I have stepped back a little bit from that, so I'm not as familiar as I used to be. But I would say expect to see at least something good from Battlefront. All right, in there. So very nice, very nice. We like the Battlefront. Absolutely. They they have a bunch of good stuff. So, uh, you know, I guess we'll kind of, uh, you know, start at the beginning, if you will. Uh, what, what got you into, into gaming originally, you know, uh, you know, when have you been playing forever? Are you one of those folks that played as a kid and then came back at, you know, took a break in like high school and college and then came back or how did, how did you, uh, how did your, uh, hobby uh slash gaming journey go so in high school i started playing Yu-Gi-Oh. so you know shame of being a card gamer there but um and i transitioned to 40k and i mean i've been playing that on and off since 2005 Uh uh-huh yep and we 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 talk about that on the podcast that that's yeah i mean it's a very popular game it is and uh, it's amazing how many people transition from that into historicals as they get a little older and you know, have seen more of the world. And that's during college. Like I, I have a history degree, so it's something I've always liked. And Flames of War was starting to come out at that point. So I started picking that up and started playing Flames. And that kind of opened everything up to the piles of historical games I have surrounding me currently. Yeah, I can imagine. You know, uh, yeah, that's leaning right into it with a degree in history. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, okay, well, we talked about this. I've studied this. I- I'm gonna go play this now. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, you know, that <laughs> oddly enough, that's kind of kind of how uh, uh, we've come up with some of our games on uh, on the podcast. Is you know, these these are. Uh, our our podcast is heavily uh, geared towards uh, modern uh, gaming, but okay. uh, but historical in nature, real real events kind of thing. Like uh, we did the uh, 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 Benghazi scenario. Uh, oh, really? Except uh, in, instead of waiting thirty seven minutes to uh, before uh, leaving the CIA annex to go and rescue the uh, ambassador. We decided that we were going to have our team leave when the call first went out and see if, you know, by war gaming, can you save the ambassador? So yeah, that's the fun parts about war gaming is, you know, we talk a lot about Gettysburg. What if Yule takes Cemetery Ridge at that point or, you know, other battles? It's what if something happened a little bit differently? And that's the fun of war yeah. gaming. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and, uh, and, you know, everyone on the podcast has a military background. So whether whether you know it or not, we've done war gaming because it's a part of the mission planning process mm-hmm. for, for any operation. Uh, you know, we just don't get little dudes out moving around on the table 
you know, uh, ours is more of a, uh, uh, a formalized uh, method of, of figuring out what we think the enemy is going to do. So what should we do kind of thing? But isn't that a, <laughs> isn't that a war game? <laughs> right. We, you know, we, we just, you know, instead of having a sand table and uh, like we would in the military to show our operations, uh, we, we have an actual gaming table and uh, some hopefully really cool miniatures to, to go on it and push around. Oh, it's got to be impressive. And um, my friend Don, who uh, helps me with all the historicals, he's my commissar for her, um, the venue, I say, is he is he was over in Folded Gap during the 80s. And he was army intelligence, so he was telling me he's used wargaming to train the officers. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That and uh, you know, as an as an MI guy, uh, he got to play the bad guys. Yeah. And he still speaks a little Russian, so <laughs> uh good for him. So uh it sounds like you're you're pretty uh <laughs> One year, the the you know historical uh, guy for the convention. So I, I, I'm going to guess that you're pretty deep into the hobby. So you were into, I'm guessing like the the whole enchilada of you know painting, converting, terrain building, all that jazz. Pretty much, it's the last couple of years been heavily focused on Battlefront stuff because that's the games I'm running. But I also have a Gainsborough game in the works. I bought heavily into the Epic Napoleonics and the Epic ACW. Yes. Yeah, we uh, we have, we have about three thousand Civil War guys. We still need to paint. <laughs> yeah, I, I had a whole bunch of twenty-eight millimeter Civil War, but I've been steadily getting rid of that as I realize I can't live surrounded by miniatures. Yeah. Well, and you know the. That those are all mass battles, so <laughs> exactly that, it, that scale is tough to do. It, it's way more visually impressive at the smaller scale. Yeah, and uh, yeah, we uh, <laughs> the last uh, couple of weeks we we played a uh, uh, a game, uh, uh, oh, the modified set of rules for uh, the men who'd be kings, mm-hmm. uh, re- reenacting the Battle of Rourke's Drift. And we played it in 28 millimeter, and there's no way I am um, I'm coughing up three to four thousand 28 millimeter Zulus. No. Yeah, we played it in 28 millimeter. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, so we tried to do multi bases, and that that was challenging. Uh, so yeah, next time, either scale on that back or doing it differently or change into a smaller scale something, but. Uh, uh, it, we had we had pretty historical results though out of our out of our game. Oh, it means the game is at least reflects history well. Yeah, so you know it'd be be interesting to see uh, how many how many games uh, at Adepticon end up uh, in such a thing, or perhaps we have some aspiring new uh, commander out there that can uh, change history. Oh, we can only hope, and it's. It, that's why I'm happy about this year is we have some good tournaments, but we also have a lot of one-off event games as well with people running different scenarios. We have Aerodrome is back. Um, a lot is of battle the, uh, games. Is that the uh, lead podcast or the? They're doing Blood Red Skies. Or... They actually oh. have a super cool carrier battle where they have a two-scale model of the USS Hornet. Oh wow! Yeah, awesome. I'm looking forward to seeing that one. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, I am too. A two-scale model of the Hornet? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because 
oddly enough, our next project on our podcast is uh, the Battle of Midway. So, oh, really? Yeah, we're, that's uh, that's our summer project this year. So uh, we're just starting to put things together. What are you uh, doing it in? So uh, it'll be in. Uh, we're using Victory at Sea. So what is that? Uh, one twenty. Uh, uh, Victory at Sea. One eighteenth hundredth. Eighteenth hundredth. Yeah. So yeah, we're we're trying to trying to establish a way to set up uh, an admiral's table or a pair of admiral's tables, and then uh, then an actual gaming table where we can get in close on the action. So you know, funny you mention that. One, I do Victory at Sea in one twenty four hundred because I love the GHQ models. Uh-huh. And I've been doing it for several years now. And we're actually working on a midway game as well. Um, using the old X now as Ward C models. Cause my, oh, that's what my friend yeah. had. But we're trying to figure out how to make the campaign system with that too. Because most of that battle is around maneuvering your fleet, trying to spot the enemy fleet, not be spotted. The battle on the table is almost secondary. Yeah. And, you know, that's. Yeah, that's kind of our, our challenge, too, is, you know, that's why we figured we'd go some sort of system where we have an admiral's table, uh, where, you know, that that's where your fleets are searching for each other. And then when it came time to actually do battle, you know, that'll be uh, on the table itself. Exactly. Right now we have, our idea is one, basically, admiral's table for each side, the GM's table to have all the fleet information to track everything. Right, right. Yeah, and uh, you know the it, it'll it'll get interesting. Um, I, I've never played Victory at Sea, so uh, you know that that's uh, that's something that I got to figure out between now and you know the end of June when, when we do this. But uh, yeah. but it's not just naval warfare; it's also uh, aerial combat. Mm-hmm. So uh, which it, again is new to me because you know the majority of the games that I play. Our uh, our skirmish level and it's you know uh, all all ground stuff. So I I'm, I want to get both naval and aerial all in one here. <laughs> Just learn everything new. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's uh, that's kind of something I'm hoping to uh, be able to observe a little bit when I go to Defcon and see how some of these games are played. Mm-hmm. Well, on Sunday I'm running a victory at T game, so you're more welcome to stop by and check it out. It's what I really like about that rules, it's it's easy play, it's accessible. You could teach them how to play in ten minutes and have them write a ship or two. Uh, well, see, that's right in my wheelhouse. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I I use the example. I went to Little Wars a few years back, and I'm thinking pretty heavily about going this year. But w- they had a naval game, and it was a dreadnought squadron versus another dreadnought squadron. And it was a six hour game. And, you know, that's interesting. I can appreciate that it's very detailed and you have a lot of things going on. But at the same time, six hours is a long game to run it, one ship. Right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, yeah, well, you know, uh, they get a they get a pretty good variety of games there. We were there uh, uh, last spring. And when yeah. they, they were able to bring it back and they had, uh, they actually, for naval battles, they had a, uh, an ancient Chinese fleet battle game uh, going there that was pretty amazing. It, that's the cool thing about those kind of conventions, and what I'm trying to bring to Adepticon is you just have such a variety of what you'll see. Yep, and then, because uh, we were broadcasting from the show, and right across from us, uh, Steve Reismus was uh, was playing a, a modern skirmish game, 
And then, you know, two tables down was, you know, a 16 foot table of uh, day two of Gettysburg. So that's awesome. Yeah, it, it's all over the place. And then uh, uh, John Russell from Warlord was was out there, uh, you know, and he had his booth set up on, you know, right down the way. So mm-hmm. we got to uh, hang out with him for a little bit. And you can thank John Russell for the scale model of the Hornet. It's apparently his. Oh, <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, he's a great guy. He, he and that's another thing is the the product reps, John Matthews, John Russells, um, they are a pleasure to work with. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, and and John John is, I mean, he is a very personable guy. Yeah, I mean, he he could he could sell ice to an Eskimo. <laughs> And, and and on Saturdays he wears his kilt, as he'll tell you. Awesome. I mean, I'm <laughs> expecting to walk away with some blood red sky stuff by the end of the convention. So, right. Yeah. How about it? So speaking of that, how how was uh, how's the registration looking? You know, overall, and then for historicals uh, in particular. I mean, overall, we're trending towards uh, 2020 numbers. You know, obviously we expect a little bit with everything going on. Realistically, if we can keep the sit similar to what we had in 2020, we're going to be pretty happy. But the nice thing is having the two venues, everything is expanded. So both at the Marriott, we have a lot more tickets for 40K, Age of Sigmar, X-Wing, Armada. And those are huge 200-plus person events. Right, right. Um, but at at the Hyatt, you know, we're doing pretty good. We have around 200 players each day. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, fantastic. We have, um, on Saturday, we have like 17, 18 different events. I want to say there's about 50 overall throughout the weekend. And I only expect it to grow from this year. You know, you both have the double whammy of COVID masks just coming back. And we have a new site. It's a lot of stuff to happen all at once. All right. So, so now our, our first bit of controversy since you brought up brought up the, the split venue. Mm-hmm. So so some folks have argued that uh, historicals is uh, getting kicked out of the main convention. They're being disrespected. Uh, you know. So uh, first of all, the I've been to the Hyatt and I've been to conventions there. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a really nice place. So. I'm, <laughs> I'm not too concerned about the venue itself, but as far as uh, as far as splitting it uh, from uh, what's going on over at the Renaissance, what's uh, what, what was the thought process there? Well, quickly, the Hyatt is fantastic. I've been there twice now, and you know, people might disagree with me a little bit. I like the rooms better, and I like the Marriott's rooms, yeah. and the venue space. It's the Marriott is fantastic. But it's nice not have to walk half a mile to get to the venue space. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, okay, they're saying. <laughs> so, but you know, I saw a lot of people do that, and I've been trying to communicate with people. Initially, you know, obviously, first thought was, what kind of COVID restriction we have to do? Are we going to need to have six feet between every table and spacing? I mean, oh, and sure. you know, you've been to Adepticon now, you know how tightly packed it can get. Yup. I mean, you should see the charts we have where we have exact measurements to try to squeeze every last table we can. Yeah, I can only imagine trying to work with the, the crazy uh, 
you know, constraints that have been in place for, uh, like I said, social distancing and whatnot. So exactly you know, try, trying to do the math on, okay, how close can this be? How many guys can I really get around it? You know, that stuff. And that just adds another variable that we have to plan around because, you know, downside when you have a large convention like this is we can't run by the seat of our pants. We have to have plans months, year in advance. So we have to plan for the worst case scenario. Um, additionally, with that is, quite frankly, everything is growing. Every year, TOs come back and say, well, hey, can I have more seats? Can I have more seats? And then they keep selling. So you want to accommodate everyone. Like Bold Action, we've already expanded that because they sold out initially. Nice. So it, it's one of those, you know, I, you get some people saying, why not just go to one of these larger conventions? Well, we have a multi-year deal in Schaumburg. They're really great to work with, and we like the venues. I was gonna say the the Renaissance is, is not a bad venue by by any means. You know, it's not, not like they, at all. They, you know, it's not like they've done you dirty, or you know, like you've had the, you know, some of the challenges that Historicon has had, for instance, no, uh, it, with their it, venues. It, bringing up Historicon, that's the perfect thing. You know, we have a phenomenal relationship with the Marriott, and the Hyatt is great to work with as well. I would rather us stay here and explore some different options, like having two sites connected by frequent shuttle buses, than playing the game of we're moving venues every couple of years and no one's ever happy. The other thing is, when you go to these venues, you sign long-term contracts. That's how you get right. the best rates. Yeah, absolutely. So that actually, uh, you actually mentioned something that I was going to ask about. Uh, yeah. Is, is there a, a formal transportation plan uh, as far as like shuttle service and whatnot? Absolutely. Uh, um, right now, I know the Hyatt has two shuttles and they're tasking at least one just for us. Very nice. And we are looking at getting additional shuttles. It's We're still working out the details of that. So more information forthcoming. Right, right. But, uh, but you know, there there is a way for, you know, particularly, uh, you know, I'm somebody that flew into O'Hare uh you know, I got a, a cab, an Uber, a uh, hotel shuttle. I'm I'm set up at one or the other hotels. But if I need to get back and forth, there's a, there's a uh, a shuttle service that that I can hop on. You know, Absolutely. every half hour or whatever the schedule is. Absolutely, yeah. There is 100% that service, and you know, just to remind people, we've had offsite venues in the past. In 2019, we had the Fancy Flight Car Keys Keyforge. I drew a blank off for a second. That was at the local university, and we had shuttles going back and forth. We've had multiple hotel venues for years with shuttles going back and forth. So really, this isn't new for us. The only new part is how many events we have offsite. Sure, sure, yeah. You know, and uh, I think that uh, you know, being able to get back and forth, uh, you know, that's what the you know folks are looking for, and you know that. You know, I've, some of the folks that I've talked to have been like, oh, we're getting, you know, they're kicking a, kicking us out. They just want to split us off from uh, the nerds that are playing 40K and whatnot. And I don't know that that's necessarily the case. But if I lean into that a little bit and not look at it as, as a bad thing, you are kind of you are kind of gathering some like minded folks as far as you know what their interests truly are together. And that gives you the opportunity to, uh, you know, hey. Uh, you know, let's go. First of all, they've got a they got a bigger bar over there, so there's oh yeah, there's that. <laughs> let's hey, let's 
when we're done here, let's go. Let's go have a cocktail and uh, you know, you talk about uh, you know what it is we do and our plans for next year or you know, whatever it is. Yeah. And I will say, very fairly priced bar, which was nice. Yeah, I made a I made a point to you know do research there the last time I was there. Important good, Adapticon research. Good man, good man. <laughs> and uh, you know, uh, and it, you know, both of those are uh, adjacent to to Woodfield Mall there, which is a huge yes. huge mall. So I mean, anything that you want to do, if you need to, you know, if you need to take a break, or if you've got uh, a partner with you that's like. Uh, you know, thanks for bringing me, but I'm not really going to hang out here uh, and and game with yeah. you all day. Right there is an and, awesome spot to go hang out. And and Schomburg has a trolley that goes around that stops at yep. the high. They have a schedule, so you could hop on that, go to the mall, hop back on, get back to the Hyatt. Yep, absolutely. And and you know, you bring up a good point. Is we have so many food options around there, it's crazy. Oh, there's. Yeah. That tap room right outside is delicious. You know, there's a nice upscale steakhouse if that's what you want. And then you have the malls, just piles of options of food. There's a nice cigar place across the street. Yep. Yep. And then, uh, you know, uh, the, the roads adjacent and the ring road around the mall is packed full of restaurants. Yep. So. Portillo's is close by. Yeah, yeah. Uh, especially for the folks that uh, don't have it in their neck of the woods, I highly recommend. Uh, oh, I, I go there four to five times. Yeah. I no, highly recommend swinging swinging by there. It's one of the things that uh, you know the Chicagoland area is known for. Oh yeah, and, and we were just working with the Hyatt this week. We're going to have a variety of food on site, and we've been working with them for pricing to make everything you know very accessible to the town. So, uh, will there be the Hyatt Historicals beer cart? You know, you bring that up now, and I'm like, man, I kind of want that. Why did I do that <laughs> earlier, but also. Does historicals want a beer cart, or do we want like a fine liquor cart? Well, you know, uh, you know, some bourbon and scotch would be okay. Yeah. yeah, any any of the brown liquors, I'm good with. Let's call that a year two thing. Deal. I will pencil that in for uh, <laughs> next year. Need to make sure that uh, you know we're uh, we've got everyone on board. And then, of course, if we're going to do that, the beer cart can't just be like you know some little push cart or a golf cart or whatever. You know, we got to dress that thing up as you know you know a tank or an armored car. Or, a chariot, something. Maybe we can get a golf cart and make it fancy. Yeah. I mean, it's what we do. I'm, you know, I got a Zulu shield that I made for our game that, you know, if we want to go that route. Well, there we go. <laughs> so what, uh, uh, what, what, uh, what are, uh, what are the featured games, featured events for, uh, the historical guys? Uh, cause you have some really, uh, unique, special uh, event games I, uh, that are we fun. do um, i'll highlight the tournaments first we have flames war nationals that's gonna be mid-war this year we have that's a two-day event we have a one-day team yankee event um we have several bolt action events they have a korea game a combat patrol doubles and then the tournament sagas running events throughout the weekend with their variety of systems uh, Firelock is going to be there this year. We managed to work something out to get their TOs to show up. Oh, nice. Well, I'm, uh, as we speak, I'm waiting for my Kickstarter to arrive. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so they're running one from their uh, series of games. So, and then they're doing an Iron Man for the whole weekend. Are they, do, are they doing Blood and Plunder, Blood and Valor, both? And Oak and Iron. They're doing all three. And, oh. Oh, nice. 
Yeah. All right. Well, I, I own two out of those three games, so <laughs> I, I will definitely have to have to swing by and uh, see what those guys are doing. And then Blood Red Skies is running their tournament as well. So, you know, we if you if you like tournaments and historical things, we have you covered there. And then you bring up the events, and you know, just how at first HMGS Midwest is running a War of the Ring event, where he sent me some pictures, and it looks pretty cool from his test game he ran over at Games Plus. Oh, uh, Kevin. Uh, Steve, it? I believe. Steve, oh, yeah, because. Uh... Yeah, it's weird how they sneak that into all their historical, historical yeah, I stuff. <laughs> they're, they're, they're also known to sneak in a, a, a Star Trek game every now and then. See, I wish they would have ran a Star Trek game. I would have played in that. But, Ooh. And, you know, they're good people. I, I've been talking to Kevin on and off for years, so to have a more, like, a stronger relationship with them is a good thing, and I'm looking forward to, you know, many years come if we can build a good partnership there. Yeah, well, and uh, you know, I I think that uh, you you were talking about uh, building uh, uh, the historicals uh, at Adepticon. Mm-hmm. You know, getting in with the with those guys as well as uh, you know uh, HMGS on a larger scale. Uh, you know, that's that that's some low hanging fruit. I mean, those those are the guys that do it, right? I agree, and I've I've talked to John Howell, the president of HMGS East. Um, several times. He's a great guy. I went up to Historicon this year, basically to network. It was nice that now I'm running historicals. I can use my con trips as business, not (laughs) right. (laughs) Oh, I I don't want to go. I have to go. It's work. It's important networking. (laughs) The sacrifice I make for you people. Exactly. I had to stay in a, well, ironically, a Hyatt and, you know, walk around a casino. (laughs) Well, you know, we work hard for people. <laughs> yeah, the, the extendencies of the service, my friend. Exactly. You know, other events we have going on. Um, Griffin's Lair. So we're actually going to have two vendors there this year. You know, this could be the first time we're really having uh, kind of an offsite vendor hall. Oh, all, I, all right. I figured, yeah, because that was something I was going to ask about is how how that was how that was going to work. So please uh, fill us in. So all your traditional vendors you're used to seeing, they're going to be at the Marriott still. Yeah. You know, Battlefront, Warlord, Wargaming Company, Wing Tussar, they're all going to be over there. We are going to have Griffin's Lair. It's a game shop in Pennsylvania. They have a wide variety of gaming products. They are very nice guys. And one of the big things that they, they're the U.S. distributor for a game called Impetus which is an ancients to medieval game. Think block infantry, very movement focused. I, I've played it now every convention I've been to with them, and I enjoy it a lot. And I'll probably pick up a second army while I'm there. And they're running some demo games of that. And we're going to have I-94, and he's got a variety of micro armor, yep. ships, pit planes, yep. campaign guides. Yeah, I was going to so, say, he's got a shotgun blast this stuff. He does. It, it, it's why I enjoy going through his stuff because it's just, well, what am I going to find? But yeah, it, it's there somewhere. It's there. Exactly. <laughs> and, you know, it's, I, I've seen them at a lot of different, I mean, he comes to some of the local conventions around here. So it's nice to finally get them out to Adepticon. They're going to be right in front of the main ballroom. Ooh. So it's, nice. I wanted to have, I figured, hey, if we're going to be over there, let's have a couple historical theme vendors. You know, to give us a little bit of stuff to do in the meantime. Yeah, yeah, because uh, 
you know, I wasn't sure if, uh, you know, uh, we were going to have anyone over there specifically with the, at the Hyatt or if it was all going to be in the main exhibitor hall. So I'm, I'm kind of excited to hear that. Although, you know, I, I can imagine, especially for, uh, uh, some of the, the smaller vendors, you know, you got to pick one. So choose wisely, I guess. Right. You know, I can understand their quandary about, Hey, I don't want to, you know, even though my stuff may lean towards these, these guys, most foot traffic I'm going to get is probably over here. So where do I go? It's a tough market. It's, you know, maybe you might think you have historicals kind of wrapped up, like you're interested in, so you want to appeal non-historical gamers or you just want to quantity of foot traffic or, Hey, I'll corner the niche market right here being easily accessible and they're all valid points yeah you know or or you you know if you're somebody big like you know you're warlord uh i'm betting john russell could do both if he wanted to yeah and it's this year i wanted to keep it pretty small because you know it's the new venue we're trying everything out let's let's try to see how that works then we can go from there Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you know, you uh, got to pilot it, see what the, uh, it goes, get some feedback. Exactly. You know, both, both, you know, from, uh, from the vendors and from, uh, uh, the attendees and, you know, see what, uh, what works out. Cause it's, you know, while, while my main interest is, is, uh, historicals over there, I, I am certainly going to spend some time over at the Renaissance. Oh yeah. I'm going to go over to the catalyst booth and buy a bunch more Baltech I don't need, but <laughs> it's going to happen. <laughs> well yeah i mean you know it's kind of like going to the casino you just gotta gotta set your budget and when when you're done you're done and then you go and then you go get some more anyway but you know yeah gotta, it gotta start somewhere when i went to a store con i was like okay for i pulled out 400 hours i'm like this is my budget for the weekend and then after i'd went to the atm two more times my buddy's like, didn't you go past your budget? I'm like, look, I'm under a thousand bucks. I'm hey, pretty happy right now. <laughs> sir, that was Thursday night. It's Friday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how about it? So it, it sounds like, uh, you know, there's going to be uh, some good uh, representation there as far as uh, our, our vendors and whatnot. That's exciting stuff. So think, thinking about the games, because uh, you, uh, you kind of talked about it a, a little bit earlier. What what games would you recommend as far as uh, say beginner or gateway games? Uh, as far as uh, you know, like demo games, they'll be playing, or maybe something uh, folks should look for uh, in the vendor hall if they're new to historicals. Uh, new to historicals, I would recommend Impetus. It's we're playing in fifteen millimeter, so it's low cost of entry. Not huge model count. I mean, obviously, 15 millimeters is pretty easy to paint. Everything's included in the army bundles they sell. So it's kind of quick and easy to get your feet wet with gaming. Um, I also think ESR, that's the Wargaming Company's product, is a great way to get into Napoleonic Wargaming. And he is hoping to have his miniatures released at the convention. Oh, wow. Yeah, that'd be cool, huh? Yeah, it's obviously depending supply and everything with how that goes. and. But he's hoping to. Yeah, that. Uh, oh, fingers crossed for him. That would that would be really cool. And you know, I'm I'm kind of looking as a lot of the events are sold out. Like I, I would say, some of the games I'm running with Flames and Team Yankee would be good to go. Though the largest Team Yankee game in the world still has three seats left. 
Oh, okay. So uh, how many were you looking for 20 for that game? It was yeah, some I, big number. So funny story about that. I picked 20 because that seemed like kind of a nice round number. When I was looking at how many I could do, it actually was 30. Oh, so you sold yourself short, brother. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> I was like, okay, 20, you know, that's going to be kind of challenging. So in fact, I got 17 I'm pretty happy about, but that's going to be over 16 tables. Wow. And at this point, we're probably close to 700 vehicles, uh, a couple battalions worth of infantry. I mean, you're, you're going to need an army just to run those armies. I have five people right now. <laughs> so, you know, it's one of those, uh, one of my rules, if I run a game at Adepticon, I want it to be impressive. It doesn't have to be the largest game in the world, but even, you know, no matter what it is, I want great terrain, great models, and just, it looks cool when you walk by it. Oh, yeah. And, you know, oddly enough, that that is actually what what brought me in, is is the rule of cool. I have all sorts of armies that suck, but they sure. look great. <laughs> I, I like them. <laughs> you know, I was talking to someone, and they're like, well, how, how do you build your Team Yankee army? Is, you know, this competitive, this is not, I'm like, so I just look at the organization chart, and I build that. Yeah, <laughs> and then right. I'll build lists out of that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because I'm I'm very much oh I like this model or you know I like this pose on this figure whatever exactly and, and and that's where I start and then I'm like oh well the stats on this really kind of blow hmm. <laughs> well it'll look good dying <laughs> and uh, I'll, I started, I'll still run it <laughs> I started building a Lumineth army for Age of Sigmar and apparently they're good I didn't know I just thought they looked cool. Yeah, well, hey, there you go. You know, it's like uh, I play uh, Dust uh, 1947, and oh, nice. I, I, I started with the, the Allies, and uh, I'm like, yeah, I love these guys. Well, then I found out what the point costs are, and I'm like, oh, I get to take three of them. That's great. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah this might be a challenge, but they look terrific. You know, yeah, and that's what matters at the end of the day. And yeah, and it's it, it's all fun, uh, fun stuff. So. What I look at, I'm usually playing games with my buddies at my house or the game store. I don't, we don't need to feel competitive armies. And mm-hmm. even for games that are a little more geared towards tournaments, who cares? It's your buddies. Just play with what you want. Yeah, right. Yeah. And that's very much how it is with us. It's, uh, you know, it's friendly games. Uh, it's all, uh, you know, just friends getting together and, Hanging out, put, pushing their low models around, and talking smack and drinking beer. Exactly. So now let me take this in a totally different direction. Yeah. So we, we talked about uh, the venues and we talked about uh, uh, some of the games and the, the vendor hall. So, kind of the third component, uh, if you will, or fourth component, wherever I'm on here, uh, it is the classes that are available at Adepticon because there's mm-hmm. a ton of them uh you know of high powered you know miniature painting hobby folks that come in so uh what about the hobby instructors for this historical community it doesn't seem like there's a ton that are specific to uh historical gaming although you know painting is is painting and you know unless you're doing yeah, yeah heavy metal but uh, you know, so there's there's certainly some stuff there. But uh... it's you know, like I said, it's year one. Mm. So right now we're heavily focused on 
getting the convention part done and done correctly and done to a high level. So at the moment, and also the hobby seminar coordinator, he's at the Marriott. Most, you know, his instructors all used to be at the Marriott. They have their rooms and, you know, their classrooms. Sure. So we do have one hobby seminar over there this year at the Hyatt. It's a resin 3D printing class. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that was over there. All right. Yep. Uh, Kyle Toff is running it. And it's something of, like you said, pilot thing. Let's test it out. Let's see how it works. And if it works great, hey, we'll expand more in years two and three. Yeah. So that's something I want to kind of hit off people. This is still very much a work in progress. And I've opened myself up to this. I've been posting my email address. It's, I want to hear feedback from the community. I mean, at the convention, if you see me walking around and you want, hey, this would be cool if we could see that, tell me. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. It's I, like you kind of hit on this a little bit earlier, but I think having to hide it gives us the opportunity to build the event that we want. Yeah. And, you know, uh, you know, Again, as as somebody that's fairly new to the hobby, you know, I was excited that I get to the opportunity to get into some of these classes. Oh, oh my, you better be quick on the registration button for some of them. (laughs) But uh, but I can tell you the wait list works. Two of my wait list class came through. I I tell people that all the time. It's sign up for the wait list. Bold action. We expanded it because we saw the wait list. There was nine people on there. So we had 10 seats. There you go. There you go. Yeah. So the wait list works. We look at it and that's how we assign extra space. Yeah, it sure does. You know, so, so I'm looking forward to, you know, uh, not only, uh, seeing some, uh, some great games and some good models, but, uh, I am, uh, going to go, uh, take some, uh, some classes while I am there and, uh, hope to be able to up my hobby game a little bit. Absolutely. And, you know, we're probably going to have an informal mixer one night. We haven't really fully figured that part out yet, but it's more just going to be there's a nice atrium area. And assuming the weather's not atrocious, maybe we can have a cigar, have a drink, and just, yep. you know, talk about what we want to see. Yeah, absolutely. It's like you're reading my mind. That's literally the next thing on my list of it was uh, any extracurricular activities, meetups, or whatnot rumored to be happening. Yep. It, it's I, I, We've been targeting Friday night. You know, obviously, when it gets a little bit closer, we'll look at the weather and see what works. And if the weather's too bad, eh, we'll just hang out at the bar. Yeah, well, I was going to say, there's there's plenty of space over there to, to hang out. It's just a matter of, uh, you know, what the, what weather you're willing to tolerate to do it. Exactly. Yeah, because that's, a, that's a, a nice place over there. It really is. So, and, uh, yeah, you, you can... They have a really, really big bar. <laughs> you, can, you, can, you can fit a lot of folks over there, uh, one around the bar itself, and then the, the lounge area that accompanies it. Uh, yeah. It's got a lot of, a lot of space. So uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, you know, when, when all these uh, gaming guys get in there, and then there's folks that are there on vacation or business, like, what are these people doing? It's always fun when yeah. you know, the airline staff comes out, and it's like, who are these people? Why are they around? Yeah. And <laughs> What, why is he wearing a suit of armor? <laughs> you know, one of these years, maybe we can get a little more cosplay going. Yeah. <laughs> armor. Yeah, well, you know, you're like, hey, if you would have went over to the Renaissance, you can see a dude dressed up, uh, you know, as a space marine. Yeah. <laughs> There's always one of them running around. At least. 
Awesome. Well, it's been great talking to you this morning. What what else? Uh, what have I missed? What else should we be talking about and letting our our listeners know about? Yeah, you know, I think we've hit on all the main topics. It's really we just want to deliver the best possible convention experience we can. That's why we did this move. So now everyone can have the space to grow their events, bring in new events. Um, another thing I didn't really hit on is you know at the main site or not Marriott, you have very rigid table layout because that's what we need to get the space in over here. We can be a lot more flexible. And I know for my games, I like doing creative table layouts. Everything just needs to be in a line. So we can be a lot more flexible with that over here and, you know, come up with some really yeah. impressive looking games. So, so, uh, well, one, you said you got 16 tables for your, uh, team Yankee game. Yes. <laughs> I don't think you're going to see that over there in the main ballroom. No, we we were trying to fit that in in 2020, and it was well, you can't have five tables, and it's going to be here. And it's like, well, that, that's going to be very awkward. <laughs> yep. But uh, yeah, I mean, there's uh, you know, there's a lot of times where you can set up your game uh, table, and maybe it's a U shape, maybe it's an L shape, it's a T shape. But uh, yeah, having that kind of flexibility is uh, is nice, as well as uh, some of the larger historical battles, you know. Uh, you know, you've got this one going up, but like Gettysburg, you know, that that takes up a lot of real estate. It does. You know, you know so it's nice to be able to have the real estate to get to give the game. Uh, so that way, you know, these guys can bring out the, the awesome boards that they build and be able to display them properly. And you can actually move around it. You're not smashed in there kind of thing. And that's, you know, I emailed all the tournament organizers and event GMs about a month ago now just saying, hey, how many tables do you need? What are you looking for? And, you know, Steve was wore the ring, sends me a whole chart of what he's looking for. And I'm like, hey, this is great. Thank you for sending me exactly what I want. Everyone else is like, yeah, yeah I just need a couple tables. And All right. So is, is this Lord of the Rings game on the uh, event list? Because I feel like I missed that. And, I, and, I'm, uh, and, and I'm a little I'm a little salty. I can't lie. Because that's that that oddly enough in the podcast, uh, me, Bill and Chris, that's that's our side thing is. uh Bill's got a bunch of the starter sets. Uh, Chris has uh, one of the starter sets. Uh, and we're like, well, we just need to build some terrain and start, you know, throwing our yeah. little around. And I'm like, uh, I've never played it, but I really want to. And I'm like, I, I got to go check this game out. Yeah, it's a War of the Ring Hyatt Regency event. That's another thing is you can search Hyatt in the cart and it will pull up all the Hyatt events. Oh, very nice. Because we both want to be very clear of what the Hyatt was not the Hyatt. And at the same time, you know, yeah, so you can plan and, and plan accordingly if you need to go from one to the other for exactly, you know, uh, you know, different games or, you know, I'm I'm doing, uh, you know, I'm playing my game over here, but I got a class uh, at the Renaissance at noon. So I got to make sure I get over there. Exactly. So, yeah, it, it, he's still got three seats, it looks like. Oh, well, I might have to I might have to take a look at that. I did a post last week on the Adepticon Facebook page basically covering here's what is still available. Uh, yep. Anything that had more than five, five or more seats, I point out. Yeah, and uh, so uh, I mentioned that in the news section of our podcast. Now, our podcast isn't going to be released until tomorrow. 
uh, but we recorded it last week. But I did mention that uh, there was a call for uh, uh, for players for for some of the games still. So, yeah. and uh, you know, we're just trying to hit up and let people know, hey, here's what's available if you're looking to get more gaming in. Yeah, and. And, and as we already said, I don't mean to beat a dead horse, but I mean, it works. Get on a wait list if there's something that interests you because, you know, life happens to everybody. Absolutely. And, you know, because, you know, I found out this week that I have to work Saturday and Sunday of Adepticon. Uh, but I only have to work six hours. So I'm, I'm, <laughs> I had to rearrange my schedule a little bit. But, uh, you know, I still get to do uh, do some stuff and I'm going to wholeheartedly still be you know i've got a class saturday night as a matter of fact that i'm doing for terrain and base uh train building and basing stuff you know so you know i'm going going from work whoop, right over right over to uh the convention and then uh you know uh, i got to work a little bit uh sunday morning and then back over to the convention again so uh, hey. i'm looking forward to uh, you know being able to do that stuff no that's great and it's you know, hey, be flexible. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, sir. Well, uh, I think that uh, you have uh, covered everything. We wish you all the best of luck. Um, it sounds like uh, the COVID situation is getting better. I don't know what uh, what Cook County will be doing at that time uh, as far as their restrictions in the city of Schaumburg, but the the state of Illinois will be uh, loosening its mandates here mm-hmm. uh, uh, at the end of the month. So uh, that's, that's a good trend, if nothing else. It's one of those, it's, you know, a little bit like, man, I wish you would have like done this a month or so ago. <laughs> it would have made things a little bit easier. You know, we'd have to worry about everything last minute, but it, it's something we're paying very close attention to. We'll keep people updated. Yeah. Well, and, any anyone that you know registration opened what January 11th so anyone that's already yeah. registered knew the deal I mean you guys right. were very transparent about what was going on you know if you don't like wearing a mask I'm sorry that's that's Illinois at this right. point you know uh, as well as uh, uh, the county so you know th- this is what we got to do to to play our games and push our little dudes around uh, and and we all know that now if they relax some of that. Hey, that's awesome. That'll that'll be great. I think you know. I think that would be uh, a good thing. But you know, if they don't, you knew what you signned up for. You know, Ex- exactly. <laughs> you even had to click a little button that said, "Yes, I understand." Yeah, this. yeah, yeah. And th- and that was a good move. You know, on your guys' part, I think. You know, because uh, you know, regardless of where somebody's politics or you know thoughts on all this fall, you know, this is, <laughs> it's not like you're making this stuff up. You know, because uh, I, I live in the area and I know that this is all coming from, uh, you know, our state and county governments. So, yeah. And that was, you know, obviously so much you got to explain that to people. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's the price of price of doing business and your choice is either do it this way or don't do anything. And I'm glad that you're doing something, you know, yes. so we'll figure out how, how to do it. And it looks like maybe by the time it gets here, uh, you know, we won't have so many uh, restrictions in place. So we'll keep our fingers crossed on that. Absolutely. All right. Good deal. Well, Michael, it's been uh, great talking to you uh, this morning. Uh, and uh, I look forward to uh, seeing you over at uh, the Adepticon. Thanks, Marty. I was very happy to be on here. You have been listening to the Sitrep Podcast Interviews with your host, Marty Schaefer. 
copyright 2022.